right. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Thank you to those of you who are joining us live. I so appreciate that you take the time out of your, your schedule to do that. Um, and just a thank you to those of you who are listening to the recording on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so this morning, it's a bright and early Monday morning. So it is 8 a.m. here in, in where I'm recording. And just as an FYI, uh, I've been up for seven hours already. Yes, you heard me right. Uh, you know, with the start of school, as I've always said, kids go off to the, the grand old Petri dish and they do what we've asked them to do for years, which is share, right? They share all their germs. And so we have the, the very first kid down um, and she was down all night. So bear with me. I, I'm going to bring my very best this morning. Uh, it may not be my normal best, but it's going to be my best. I guarantee you that, okay? All right. So today I'm going to be sharing some information with you that I learned when I was uh, just a couple weeks ago down in Orlando hanging out with John Maxwell. So many of you and some of you, you might not even know John Maxwell, but he is a leadership guru. Now, I'm going to share with you a few things that I've, I learned from him as far as leadership goes, but I'm going to apply it this morning to working with our coaching clients. Uh, some of you may be strictly a coach, so what does that mean? You're in a, a role where you're supporting other people's growth through the practices of coaching. Others of you may be in a leadership position where you use coaching uh, as strategies to, to help lead, which is honestly the highest form of leadership. Um, so wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and i got to imagine that somebody listening to this doesn't even know what coaching is, and so I'm going to share a little bit more with you this morning. Um, but before I jump into that, I wanted to share something that I am kind of letting simmer in my mind a little bit, something I read a couple days ago that I thought was really profound and the more that I was thinking about um, talking with you all this morning, I just couldn't get this thought out of my head. And so let me just share this real quick. So I was reading um, a, a new book mentor of mine, so uh, the work of Byron Katie. So if you're into like really deep changes in thought, um, and, and it's not for the faint of heart, okay? Um, but anyway, one of the things that she was talking about was this idea that, um, you know, we've been taught that when somebody we're working with, or let's say somebody that we're close to, is having uh, what we call in our house a moment, right? So they're having a hard time. Or um, a, a dear friend of mine, he just, his best friend um, just passed away this weekend, um, fatal heart attack. Uh, the guy was 43. Um, just uh, just makes your heart heavy, right? And so she was saying, you know, we've been taught that we need to show empathy and sympathy and, and that in order to do that, we need to um, somehow work ourselves up to feel the way the other person feels, right? So, so we want to feel some of that hurt or some of that anger, some of that feeling of being overwhelmed or fear, right, in order to identify with that person. Now, that makes sense, doesn't it? Does that fit with some of the things that you've been taught? I know it did for me. And so then her next statement was, that's ridiculous. And it kind of caught me off guard. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. 
uh, tell me a little bit more about that. And she said, okay, well, let's think about it. Let's say your friend is having a really hard time and you're sitting there next to her and uh, you're trying to kind of understand where she's coming from. And she says, so does your friend need you to feel as bad as she does in order to be kind? And her next statement was, doesn't your friend need you to be a little bit more sane in that moment, a little bit more put together, <laughs> a little bit more on target so that you can actually help her move through those feelings into whatever she'd like to do with that? And I thought, oh, my gosh, yes, you're right. I mean, there's value to sitting and being with somebody who's having a moment. And I don't know about you, but when I'm having a moment, I want somebody else to be a little bit more in charge, right? I want somebody to, to be with it, to say, come here, let me help you out of this, okay? And so when I think about the process of coaching and leading other people, this fits squarely right in there, doesn't it? When you're working with a coaching client and they are like freaked out about whatever change they're making, they don't need you to be freaked out with them. Right? They don't need you to add to that feeling. They need you to come along and say, I, I know, I know you feel that way right now. You're not always going to feel this way. Let me help you see it a different way. Okay? Does that make sense? I just thought, wow, that, that's an excellent way of thinking about things. And honestly, I, mean, I think maybe that was Friday morning that I read that. And it's just kind of stuck in my head ever since. And I've shared it with a few people. And um, it, it makes me look at even just interactions with my family a little bit differently. So I hope that added value to you today. Um, so let me get to my teaching points here. Okay, so as I was going through looking at my completely full notebook, I was wondering what can I share with you that has this coaching spin to it? And there was um, a teaching that John did, and it was at the what we call the opening ceremony. So for those of you who are not aware, when you join the John Maxwell team, um, there's a ton of online learning. There's a huge community all across the globe that you become a part of. And your, I guess, final kind of event in order to become what we call certified so you can go out and you can charge for your services is the live event. And so that happens twice a year usually in February, March, and then in August. And so that's where I was for a full week. And when you come to the event and you're being certified, you have a certain program that you go to. Uh, and then when you come back as a returning person, you do some of the same things, but then also when everybody else is having their training that you've already had, you have a different kind of training. So it's really a, a place to plug in and have that professional development. So during the what's called the opening ceremony, so the night before the official first day, everybody gets to come. So um, typically when you're in a training environment like this, um, only people who have paid to be on the team and at the event get to be in the room, right? But at the opening ceremony, everybody gets to come. So your whole family, whoever came with you, they can come into the room. And so when John does this teaching, you know, I'm just sharing this with you because we always want to be mindful of the audience, right? So John is not necessarily speaking to uh, people who are, you know, like, yes, let's go, right? He's speaking to the whole audience. 
And I think that's important to understand. So he was doing the teaching and he basically said, let me talk about partnership. And so he was speaking from the viewpoint of himself and the faculty. He said, I want to teach you about what we are committing to you. And then he encouraged those of us who are, who are leaders and out in the field to make the same commitment to the people that we serve. And so we're just going to go through and take the letters in the word partner, and I'm going to give you a couple thoughts for each one of those letters, okay? So if you want to write up and down, vertical on your page, P-A-R-T-N-E-R, and then I'm going to share with you um, one idea for each of those letters. And as I was looking through all the things I could share with you today, I really keyed in on this one because that's what we are, aren't we? Whether you're a coach or a leader, you are partnering with that other person. So you are making a commitment to your client that this is what I will do for you. And so as I go through, I want you to think about which one of these do you already have? You're like, oh, yes, this is not only something I do all the time, this is a part of me. And then which one of these uh, maybe you hadn't even thought of before, right? So just kind of keep an eye on the things that you, you know really well and the things that you might want to focus on a little bit more, okay? Um, hint, hint, wink, wink, nod, nod, that might be related to your homework question, okay? All right, so the P. The P is for placing um, your client's agenda ahead of your own. Okay, so you want to place your client's agenda ahead of your own. Whenever you are heading into a conversation with somebody, whether it be, you know, a coaching or, you know, even, even talking to somebody in the hallway, right, because a lot of meetings, that's how they happen, or on the phone, whatever it is, you want to make sure that you are putting their goal ahead of your own. So there have been many times when I've come into uh, have a coaching conversation with somebody and I knew in my head, okay, I really want them to do X, Y, and Z, right? And there's many reasons for that. I mean, mostly it related to uh, our funders or a licensing agent said, hey, you need to do this, right? So it's kind of important. However, every time I approached it in that way of, I'm going to tell you what you need to do, there was resistance. There was fear. And so I never got the result that I wanted. But when I came in and I, I realized, yeah, that's ultimately what I want. However, their agenda, their goal, their purpose for this conversation is more important than mine. And for the good majority of the time, we could relate their goal and what I needed them to do, okay? So when you're working with somebody, just remind yourself that their goal is more important than the result or the outcome that you're looking for, okay? And I guarantee you, you're going to be able to relate the two. So, so don't fear about that, okay? All right, the letter A. A stands for adding value to your clients every day and in every way. Okay, so adding value to people every day and in every way. So 
So really looking at your client and saying, how can I, just like uh, I think I shared this before, my mom used to drill it in us when we would go out in public and we would use the restroom. She would always make sure, you know, that we wiped down the counters and, you know, that we didn't make a mess, we threw our trash away, that kind of thing. And the last thing she would always say is, always leave a bathroom looking better than when you found it which for years I was like, oh, yes, that's a good rule to live by. And then I had this epiphany one day. I was traveling, and I was, you know, doing the same thing that my mom always taught me. And I was like, how come we don't do that with people? How come we don't say, always leave a person better than when you found them? And it just totally shifted my perspective about how I deal with people. And so that's my goal, is to add value to people in such a way that they feel better when they leave my presence, okay? So think about when you're working with your clients or your team members or your staff, how can you add value by your interaction, okay? And it might not be something big, right? It could be something very small. I saw a meme on Facebook this morning. Um, I, I might get it wrong as far as the quote goes, but it basically was saying, you know, say, say nice words to people. It might only take a second for you to do that, but they could hold that with them for, for a lifetime. I thought, wow, that's really good. Okay? Add value. And the R is for... Um, Resource your clients with influence, ideas, and tools. Resource them with influence, ideas, and tools. So this is especially important for um, leaders working with staff, but also with clients. You want to, um, first of all, resource them in thinking. Okay, so you... Many people confuse the purpose of coaching with getting to the result or the outcome or the goal. Absolutely, that's a big part of it. However, the real purpose for coaching is to teach somebody the thinking process that happens in, in coaching. So ultimately, you're trying to work yourself out of a job. I have a coaching client that has been a client for, oh, man, you know, going on three years, okay? Now, this person uh, is, she just got into a new position, so I totally understand it now. But before that, I was really trying to kind of push her out of the nest a little bit, right? Because she kind of would come on the line and, and she'd do all of her own self-coaching. Now, first of all, I look at that and go, yes, that's amazing. That's exactly what I want. Because I don't want my clients depending on me. I want them depending on themselves. Does that make sense? So you are trying to resource them with influence of their own thinking and, and with other people, absolutely giving them ideas, right? So that's the mentorship part. So that's about 10% of, of your conversation. And pointing them to tools. What are some tools that they could use or um, who, are, who are some other people that they could be in contact with? Okay, so it goes beyond just getting them to their goal. You're trying to help them be better thinkers, be better leaders, connect with ideas, and connect with people. 
Um, the T, uh, he, he really spent quite a bit of time on this, and this was a little bit more related to those of us on the team, but he said, we're going to tailor our services and resources to meet your needs. And so he was really talking about this idea of in order to tailor services and resources, you have to have a connection and a relationship first. Because if you're going to tailor something, and, and he used the example of um, when, when you're going to go get a new suit, um, and for, for people who don't just buy off the rack, you, you go and you see a tailor or a seamstress, and they, you know, they do what they need to do. But think about that process. You're standing there, they're measuring you, they're, you know, putting, putting the clothes on you, they're pinning things, they're, they're, they're going through their process, right? they're getting pretty intimate with you and with your physical body because they're trying to do their job, right? So when you tailor something, you're going to have to get intimate with somebody, have a connection and relationship to understand how am I going to provide for you what you need, okay? And sometimes that tailoring process can be a little uncomfortable, so I was thinking about, uh, I was in a meeting yesterday, um, kind of a board meeting training at the same time, and a very dear friend of mine was one of the leaders, and she had asked me basically to come in, into the group and help her, I guess have not only good group dynamics, but help her get to her certain goals. And so um, there's been several meetings like this, and I've stepped in a little bit here or there. Um, there was a situation, so you, there's about 50 people in this room. Some had left the room to go get a certain type of training, and everybody else had stayed in the room to finish their training. Okay, so you got two groups of people. And then they were coming back for the last 15 minutes. Now, the group that, that I was with was full of uh, very new people. So think about staff. These are your new staff members. And so their questions are, of course, a little bit more basic, right? However, very important. So the dynamics of the room, the people who were coming in, they didn't need to hear that question or the answer, right? So I think you can imagine what was happening. We had a lot of movement. We had a lot of noise. Um, and I could tell that this one person who asked a question was getting the answer, but there were five other people around the room who needed that answer. And so normally I would not do this, but I actually stopped the whole group. So I kind of stepped into that leadership role, even though that wasn't my quote-unquote role, right? I stepped in and I said, I'm sorry, I need to interrupt for just a second. And it took me about 30 seconds to get the room quiet and to get the person to ask her question again so the whole room heard it and, and to get everybody on the same page. And then I sat down. And one of my first thoughts was, oh, man, you know, did I overstep my bounds? Because I don't ever want to do that as a leader either. And then I realized, you know what? I have such an intimate relationship with this lady who's in charge of all this. She knows that what I just did is not to usurp her role. It's to help her get to her goal. Okay? So we want to tailor our services and resources to help meet the needs of our client. 
Now, I might not do that with anybody you know, for a really long time. It's always an option, but it might not be needed. Okay? Or when I'm with a, a coaching client who seems to be a little bit more fearful, I might spend more time encouraging than pushing for a change. Or perhaps I'm with somebody and I've worked with them for years and I can tell for whatever reason they might be a little stuck and so maybe I need to come in and pry a little bit. Okay, so tailor your services and resources to meet their needs. All right, the N um, is never violate the trust. Never violate the trust. As John said, this is of supreme importance. Trust is one of those pillars in the coaching process First of all, you need to be able to build trust, right? So we talk about rapport. How do you gain rapport with somebody? How do you know when you've lost it? How do you get it back, right? So we've had lots of calls on that in the past. Um, but this trust, so there's a couple ways that it shows up and you need to be aware of it. So the first way is um, understanding that when you're in this coaching uh, session, so for example, if you bring your agenda in, and you say, we need to get this done, and you kind of run it, that person doesn't trust you, you're going to probably spend the next, I would say, anywhere from three to eight coaching sessions just on getting your report back. Is that worth it to you? Probably not, okay? So trust. I tell people all the time, I want to move at the speed of trust and flexibility. As long as you trust me and I trust you, I don't care about other things. So a lot of people actually, I'll do work with them, will have no contract whatsoever, but there's supreme trust there, okay? You also want to be aware that uh, some of you are in organizations where you're working with a client, but their boss is contracting with you to coach them. Trust is huge because if that person doesn't feel like they can trust you, that you're going to go back to their boss and you're going to tell on them, you're not going to get anything accomplished. Um, sometimes I'm contracted to come in and not only coach the boss, but to coach some employees. And I spend, uh, of let's say if I spend one hour talking to the group about telling them what coaching is, 20 minutes of that is going to be focused on my helping them understand confidentiality. What exactly does that entail? And showing them about boundaries that I will never, ever, ever share something out of confidence with anybody on their team or with their boss. And helping the boss understand for the, the good of what you're trying to do here, I cannot come back with that information and give it to you, okay? It's really, really important. I cannot stress that enough. All right, so the E in partner is to exceed their expectations. Exceed their expectations. Always over deliver. So uh, one of the ways that I do this with my coaching clients is that, you know, towards the end of our session, 
when you get into the moving forward, and I always ask the question, you know, how can I best support you this week? So sometimes people have an idea, right? They'll say, oh, yes, please, you know, I'm going to have this, this contentious meeting. Check in with me on this day after this, this time. Perfect. So I will, instead of just writing it on my notes like I used to and hope that I remember it, I actually get my schedule out and I put a time right in there so that I know I need to call them or text them, whichever they prefer. Sometimes they don't have an idea, and so what I'll do is be ready with an idea to share with them um, because I always want them to feel like we're going over and above just our meeting or our phone call, that this really is a relationship that we're going to cultivate over time, okay? Um, I also like to do things, so because this is part of my business, um, one of the things that I like to do with my coaching clients is get them connected in some way to other coaching clients that I have. So whether that be at a live event where I'm, you know, intentionally networking them, right, or perhaps I'm getting on a, a group call and I, I invite, you know, a handful of people and say, come on, come on over here. I want you guys to kind of meet each other, right? I want there to be some sort of, again, it goes right back to the beginning, added value for being my client. Or I'll give them uh, maybe certain teachings that I've done in the past that are not on my podcast, right? So there's uh, an incentive to continue to be my coaching client. All right? And then the R, which again is very important, respect the relationship. Respect the relationship. Respect the relationship. So this one is separating the work and the relationship. So relationship is always more important than the work because the work is the relationship, okay? So you may be a task-oriented person more than a people-oriented person. You need to understand your work is people, then the task. So when you are respecting the relationship, let's say you're, you're in with a, a client and, again, you, you really want that, that one thing done, right? but it's going to affect trust in you or it's your agenda and not theirs or it's not going to add value to them, right? You got to back off a little bit and let that relationship be secure because there's always time in the future to move the work along. We need to make sure that that relationship is secure. Now, when it is, it's time to step into those other realms and say, okay, come on now, let, let's work on this. Let's get this done, right? Okay, so I'm not saying that you don't ever get into that production level because you absolutely do. And when you do, you want to make sure that you are respecting the relationship. So come to them and say, hey, listen, now we have a problem. Like we've been trying to work on A, B, and C, and if we want to keep our jobs, we need to do X, Y, and Z. So how can we do this together? And if you have a secure relationship in that, that coaching um, process, they're going to be able to step into that with you. Okay? Does that make sense? 
Okay, so that is how you become a really good partner with anybody. Okay? All right, so hang with me here for um, just a couple minutes. I have an announcement to make that, that most of you are going to want to know. Um, so first of all, the homework. Obviously, go through, figure out which one of these are you really good at, which ones do you need to work on, and then come up with a plan, okay? So my announcement. Um, if, if you were on the call uh, Friday last week, you already know what I'm going to announce. So long, long story short, um, when we first started these live teaching calls about a year and a half ago, the reason why we did that, I was doing a, a leadership series of trainings for educators, and I decided what would be, again, uh, over-deliver, what would be a good value-added thing that I could provide for people if they were coming to this training. So in that spirit, I started these live teaching calls. And we've been doing them ever since. And I have really enjoyed them. Have you? Yeah, I've heard a lot of really great feedback. And in the last six months, I've also heard some feedback such as, it's great, I want to be on the call, it's 8 o'clock in the morning, I'm at work. And because we started the podcast, and basically six months ago we started the podcast, and what I do is as soon as the live teaching call is done, I immediately put it onto the podcast because there are so many other people who want to listen to it but can't join us live. And so as I was really sitting and thinking through and working with my mentor uh, about what am I going to do in the future and where's my business going and how am I going to be remain uh, flexible, one of the things that popped up was I have a lot of things on my schedule that I am uh, for lack of a better term, kind of a slave to, okay? And yes, we have had amazing teaching partners join us. Bethany Clemenson is great. Rose Pardiak is great. Um, and and it, that's been really good. However, it's been a little difficult, especially in the last several weeks with travel, to make sure that we join uh, at the live time. So with all that being said, um, this will be our last live call. Okay, now, I'm not going to leave you hanging because that would not, not be, you know, in alignment with what I just taught you. So this is what I'm going to do. Every Monday morning, um, the probably around the same time, I'll probably try to schedule it at, at 8 a.m. Eastern time, I will go ahead and post on the podcast uh, the same kind of teachings that we've been doing. So many of you don't join for the other podcasts or the, the leader call on Fridays. You just join on Mondays. Perfect. Just plug into the podcast sessions on Mondays, and they will still have a coaching focus. Okay? Also, you're going to want to make sure that you are plugged into our social media because that's where we'll have announcements as well as we are working on getting ebooks ready. So uh, there's a bunch of stuff as far as coaching goes that I'm trying to put together all in books for you. So things like building rapport, three levels of listening, all those kinds of things that you guys keep asking me about. We're getting ready to um, launch those. And so you'll want to be on social media when you know, so you know when we are going to launch them. Okay. So the podcast, if you're not aware, you can search on any place you can find podcasts. I think we're on nine different platforms. Last I checked a few weeks ago, we were 23 different countries. 
just about ready to, to break the 5,000 listener mark, so feel free to share with your friends. Our title is Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life, okay? And then if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can do so either my personal one, Michelle Burkhardt, or Grow By One. Uh, and then you can also follow me on LinkedIn at Michelle Burkhardt and then Instagram at Grow By One, okay? So if you have any questions about any of that, um, feel free. You can email me at michelle at growbyone.com. I'd love to answer any of your questions. All right. So with that, I am holding an image of you being intentionally influential, amazingly aware, persistently present, and confidently coaching the people in your personal and professional life. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Make sure you're a good partner with your clients this week, and we'll chat at you next time. All right, bye-bye.